Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Okay, let's put the seatbelt on. You cannot run away today. Today I have a long sermon. I'm sorry, I'm going to have a long sermon because I want to make sure you understand the whole thing. I would like to continue to talk about the way of victory. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, the Bible said, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. We have learned this lesson or this series of lessons 17 times already. This is the 18 times. After this one, I have two more and then finish the whole series. And we have learned that the alternative of perishing or destruction is very simple. The Bible called repentance. Today, I would like to talk about a story of a man which was written in one of the oldest books in the Bible. That is the book of Job. From the book of Job, we can learn so many truths, so many lights and revelations. I cannot go through every chapter, every verse, but I will make a summary today out of the 42 chapters of the book of Job. And we're going to learn the way to restoration or redemption or the way back to the blessing of God or the grace of God. So we're going to learn about Job today. I'm going to read many, many scriptures from the book of Job and explain to you. In Job chapter 1, verses 8 and 9, Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and chants evil? So Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? The adversary of Satan kept his eyes or set his eyes and his heart on this man named Job. In fact, when you read the scripture, don't misunderstand. God did not bring Job to Satan and say, okay, go ahead and attack him. But in fact, the way he said that, it means God was ahead of Satan. God knew that Satan planned to attack Job. He knew everything in the future. So he talked to Satan that, is it right that you're going to attack my boy, the godly man named Job? And I believe that one of the reasons Satan really hated Job because he could not stand righteous and upright people. And even more than that, he could not stand rich, wealthy, and upright people who are generous. Because he knows that the upright and rich people can do a lot for the kingdom of God. And he focused on Job because Job was a millionaire in that generation. He was godly and he was upright and the devil wanted to get rid of him ASAP. And that's what happened. That's why in the kingdom of God, in the churches, we heard the wrong teaching about If you want to be spiritual, you need to be poor. If you love God and serve God, you're going to suffer forever. You will 
be broke, you will not enjoy life anymore, don't serve God, don't go to church, you're going to be suffering. That is from the devil. Actually, God wants us to prosper and God wants us to be fruitful and He wants us to enjoy life, but at the same time, living for Him. Some people quote this scripture in Luke chapter 18, verse 25, for it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. It sounds like God is against being rich, but actually what God tried to say here is that money itself is not evil. But the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. So many people really trust their money. They trust their money and they love their money. And that's why they don't want to go to church and don't want to serve God. It's nothing wrong to be rich like Job, but we should not love money. The love of the money is a big bondage in many people's life. And we need to cut that bondage out as soon as possible. The enemy, Satan, attacked Job. His herds were stolen and his children were killed in a windstorm. The devil was behind the whole thing. But sometime in this generation when we saw the calamity like this, we say it's an act of God. Actually, let us Make a comment according to the Bible. God is a good God. He never kill anybody. He never destroy anybody. Actually, it's the act of the devil. Any destruction, any calamity comes from the devil. The devil will try to lie to the whole world that bad things happen because of God so that people will be scared of God. People will not want to believe in God. Stay away from God. No, it's opposite. You stay close to God because God is your protection. God is a good God. But the devil is the one who is bad and he wants to destroy people. Job at the beginning did not curse God at all. The enemy kept attacking him again and again. He is the accuser of the brethren. He attacked Job. He accused Job and he tried to make Job sin against God. Job chapter 1, 21 to 22, the Bible say, And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin, nor charge God with wrong. This is the beginning of the story. At the beginning, God said, I'm not going to condemn God at the beginning. But he said one thing wrong in his comment here. You need to understand before I go on. In that generation, thousand years ago, there was no Bible to read. There was no church to go to in order to learn the principle of God. I believe that they may not even know that there was a devil. They did not understand about being righteous through Christ Jesus. They did not understand about salvation. They just believed in God. They did not understand about the authority to buy the devil and command him to go away. They have no idea because they did not have the Bible in that generation. So Job, with the light he has, he misunderstood that God is the one who take his kids away, his flock away. That was a wrong comment. I just want to make sure you understand Job did not have the light that we have now in the Bible. 
Okay. Job chapter 2, 7 to 10 says, So Satan went out from the prisons of the Lord and struck Job with painful boys from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. And he took for himself a pot shirt with which to scrape himself while he sat in the midst of the ashes. Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, You speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God? And shall we not accept adversity? In all this Job did not sin with his lips. Wow, the devil attacked Job more besides taking his hurts away, killing his children, and now he put the sickness on his body. My question is, does sickness come from God or come from the devil? Let me read from Acts chapter 10, verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. To me, according to the scripture, not, not according to religious idea or any man's opinion, sickness is demonic oppression. That's why we want to welcome the glory of God into the house of God. That's why we lay hand to bring the presence of God in so that the devil will leave and cannot attack you with sickness. I'm so glad that most of our members are healthier than most people out there in society. The reason because you are soaked in the glory and the devil cannot work here very well. He has to leave this church. He cannot be around your home. Amen? So sickness comes from the devil. And what happened is that the devil used his wife to be his mouthpiece, to speak his will to Job. So be careful, don't let the devil use you to be his mouthpiece, to speak anything opposite to the Bible. His wife say, why don't you just curse God and die? That is not from God for sure. That is from the devil. So we need to be sure that whatever we say doesn't come from the devil. Amen? Job did not curse God at that time. Job just stayed as a man of integrity and righteousness. What happened next? In Job chapter 2, verses 11 to 13. Now when Job's three friends heard all of this adversity that had come upon him, each one came from his own place. Eliphaz, the Temanite, Bildad, the Shuhite, and so far, the Namathite. For they had made an appointment together to come and mourn with him and to comfort him. These friends really care for Job. Their original purpose is to come to strengthen Job and to comfort Job. They have a good heart, have a good purpose. And when they raised their eyes from afar and did not recognize him, they lifted their voices and wept. And each one tore his robe and sprinkled dust on his head toward heaven. So they sat down with him on the ground seven days and seven nights. And no one spoke a word to him, for they saw that his grief was very great. Wow. When they saw this guy, these three guys saw what happened to Job, they just so overwhelmed. They could not even say anything for one whole week. 
This was so caring about him. But after you read the story, continue to read. You will notice that Job, instead of being comforted, instead of being strengthened, these three guys gave a hard time to Job. Job did not enjoy their company very well. Uh, we're going to read that in a few minutes here. He knew that these three friends care for him. But the three friends did not do the right thing. So many times, I just want to teach you, don't do like these three guys. So many times we see our spouse, our friends, our co-workers, of brother and sister in the church get into a big problem. We care and we want to do something. And sometimes we did not do the right thing. We go there and just preach to them and say something to condemn that person. Don't do that. Don't condemn anybody. Don't do like this. Three guys, you're going to continue to see what happened. And we should not follow their pattern. We should be led by the Holy Spirit. Job chapter 3, verses 11 to 16. Job said, Why did I not die at birth? Why did I not perish when I came from the womb? Why did the knees receive me? Oh, why the breast that I should nurse? For now I would have lain still and been quiet. I would have been asleep, then I would have been at rest with kings and counselors of the earth who build ruins for themselves, or with princes who had gold, who filled their houses with silver. Oh, why? Why was I not hidden like a stillborn child, like infants who never saw light? Now Job began to ask the question, why, why, why? You notice how many why now? One, two, three, four, five. Five why in these few verses. Basically, he was cursing his birth. He said that I should have been dead in the mother's womb so that I would not come into the world to face this calamity and trouble situation. And he asked the question, why, why, why? He lost all of his kids. He lost all of his wealth. He lost his health. He was in severe pain. And the wife told him, just curse God and die. His friends were so scared at the situation. And by this time, according to the story in the book of Job, everybody, including his wife and his three friends, believed that he had done something wrong. He has missed God. That's why terrible things happen to him. If you look at the scope of what happened to him, it happened within a few days. All these things. Lost his children, lost his wealth, got sick, and got into big trouble. All happened only in a few days. Some people say only two days. This is big deal. You just go on with your life and suddenly in two days, you lost everything. It's a big deal, big problem. And everybody, including his wife and his three friends, say, this is definitely God's judgment upon Job. And I believe when you read the scripture, you would think the same way. God say he is a blameless man. God say that he's a righteous man. How could it be that this righteous great man got punished 
or judged by God, except he was not stricken by the lightning. That's it. He was in a bad shape. Look at Job chapter four, verses seven to nine. I'm leading you. To the story, okay? Job 4, 7 to 9. Remember now, whoever perish being innocent. This is the word from his friend. Or where were the upright ever cut off? Even as I have seen, those who plow iniquity and sow trouble reap the same. By the blast of God, they perish. And by the breath of his anger, they are consumed. Basically, his three friends say that, Job, you must have blown up. You must have missed God big time. You must have done something wrong big time. That's why you are facing the blasts of God. They condemn Job instead of strengthening him and comforting him. This is an interesting story. Job chapter 6 verse 14. To him who is afflicted, Kindness should be shown by his friend, even though he forsakes the fear of the Almighty. Now, Job talked back. Hey, if you're my friend, you should show kindness to me. I'm afflicted. I'm in trouble. But you condemn me that I'm a bad guy, and God hated me, and God touched me. Job chapter 6, 21 to 23. For now you are nothing. You see terror and afraid. Did I ever say, bring something to me? Or offer a bribe for me from your wealth? Or deliver me from the enemy's hand? Or redeem me from the hand of oppressor? So Job was complaining. Job said that you are not helping me. I never begged you to help me either. But you came on your own and you condemned me. You accused me and you say that I'm a bad guy. No, I'm not evil. I'm righteous. I'm a good man, he was arguing now. He's not a bad guy. I'm not a bad guy. I don't deserve all these troubles. And after that time on, Job began to change his thinking. You remember at the beginning, he did not say anything about God. He did not curse God. But now, he began to say something. My brother and sister, when you are hurting enough, Job was hurting inside. Because his friend condemned him. He hurting outside. His body full of boys. He hurting in the family. He was in a bad shape. And if you're not careful when you face calamity, your thinking can be changed. Your worldview can be changed. And you begin to get bitter and get mad at God. And that's what happened to Job now. From chapter 10 on. Job chapter 10 verses 1 to 8. My soul loads my life. I will give free course to my complaint. I will speak in the bitterness of my soul. Now he starts to get bitter now. I will say to God, do not condemn me. Show me why. Again, he asks, why? You contend with me. Does it seem good to you? You mean God, that you should oppress, that you should despise the work of your hands, mean he was created by God, and smile on the counsel of the wicked. Do you have eyes of flesh, or do you see as man sees? Are your days like the days of a mortal man? Are your years like the days of a mighty man, that you should seek for my iniquity? Now he blamed God that God put sickness in him, and search out 
my sin. Although you know that I am not wicked. Now he says, I'm not wicked. I'm fine. There is no one who can deliver from your hand. Your hands have made me and fashioned me an intricate unity. Yet you would destroy me. Wow. Now Job starts to change. He starts to blame God. My brother and sister, we need to be careful when we see other people suffering. We should not do like these three friends of Job to go in and attack. We should be led by the Holy Spirit. Our job is to comfort, to encourage, and to pray for the problem to go away. Our job is not to point finger and condemn somebody else, what they did wrong. Amen? We have to be very careful. Sometimes, you know, I face trouble, and I got some email and some lies some from people. Oh, you're not good. You make mistake. What? I need you to pray for me. I don't want you to condemn me or judge me. You're not my judge. Only God can judge me. So we have to be careful that we not practice as a judge. What Job say make his friend very upset because Job point finger to God and say, God, you are the one who torture me. God, you find fault with me. Then his friends say, how dare you say like that to God? You probably did something bad. That's why you got judgment from God. Everyone say it together. Our job, my job, is not judging. My job is not to destroy anybody. Amen. So this friend tried to keep explaining again and again how bad Job is. They say, you see, everybody see your suffering. Good people will get the blessing. Bad people will get attacked, will get bad things. You reap what you sow. You are in bad shape right now. I believe behind the scene, you have done something wrong against God. You deserve the judgment from God. Wow, these three friends did not help Job at all. They were judging. They were accusing Job big time. And Job Talk back. No, it's not true. I'm a good man. I never did anything wrong. God is wrong. God attacked the wrong person. He blamed God that God attacked him. Job chapter 12 verses 1 to 2. Are you following me? Okay, Job chapter 12 verses 1 to 2. Then Job answered and said, No doubt you are the people. No doubt you are just a human being. What you say is wrong. <laughs> and wisdom will die with you. Go ahead, go and die. And you think you're wise? You're so dumb. You're just a dumb people. So he was talking back to the friend. He was mad now. He was very bitter and upset with his friend. Job 13, 4 to 5 say, But you fortures of lie, you are all worthless physicians. You try to come and help me, but you're bad physicians. Or that you would be silent. And it would be your wisdom. In other words, Job said that, hey, your guy, three of you, if you're wise, you should shut your mouth and don't say anything. Because what you say hurt me. You're not helping me at all. Job chapter 16, verses 1 to 2. Then Job answered and said, I have heard many such things. Miserable comforters are you all. Wow. You need to understand this. In the whole book of Job, let me clarify all the whole book of Job, not everything that Job and his three friends said 
about God was right. Don't create a doctrine on half of the verse. Please. When you want to build a doctrine, you need to look through the whole Bible. Many verses should support one another. Job say, I trust God. I will follow God. Trust God. But actually, Job was accusing God. He was wrong. He did not do the right thing. So Job was not following what he should do. Many, many things that Job was saying and the three friends were saying was wrong at that time. And Job called his friend miserable comforters. He called his friend a bad guy, bad comforter. Amen? So we should not do like that. We should not go to anybody and cause damage to anybody. We should go and really lift people up, pray for people, and love people. Amen? At that time, Job was not repenting at all. Job was very upset with God. Many things that he said was not according to the character of God. Job was unrepentant. He was angry with his friends. He was mad at God. He suffered outside and inside. His friends considered him a bad guy. And he was so upset with God that God attacked him and gave him a hard time. But all these things that they talk about, if you notice, the whole time, all of them did not have the answer of why. They did not know why. They did not have the answer. Number two, Job and the three friends did not know the solution. How to get out of this problem. They did not know the solution. The friend kept talking. Job kept talking. And at the end of many chapters, no one knows why. And not only that, no one knows how to get out of this big trouble. Let me explain to you. In our Christian walk, our faith walk, the most important question is not the question, why? Why did this happen to me? Why bad things happen to good people? Many years ago, I flew to Japan. In the middle of my mission trip, I was attacked by severe eczema to the point that I have to take prednisone for four years. I look at my hands, all swelling, swelling up. I could not perform surgery very well because it's so painful. I suffer every time I put the pressure on the equipment to cut the bone. It hurts. And it, it hurts me for four to five years. I don't know why. The most important question to us, not to know why, but the most important question is, what should we do when we don't know why? Listen one more time. What should I do when I don't know why? And sometimes God will not let you know why. God will not let you know. I want to tell you the reason. Because your response to the problem is to prove your faith in his character. Your faith is being tested whether you will trust his character or not. 
Job at that time failed. He blamed God that God is unfair, God is unjust, God is bad. He blamed God. He flung the test. If you face a problem, let me tell you, this is the best way to do. You have tears in your eyes. Your friend talk bad about you or the man's opinion. You are confused. Why this happened to me? You look up to heaven and say, Father in heaven, I am on your side. I trust in your holiness, righteousness, goodness, your justice, your fairness. You are the good God. I trust you. I'm going to continue to serve you no matter what happened. I would believe in your good character until the last breath of my life and into heaven. I trust you, Lord, that you are the good God and you love me. I will never talk negative about you. I will never attack you or accuse you. You are a fair God, no matter what happened to me. At the rest of the story, you can see that Job's faith was tested. Sometimes we don't understand why bad things happen to us. And today, I don't know why I have that eczema for four years, so bad. My eyes swell up. I take prednisone to the point that all of my face look red, but I have to take it in order to work. And I pray every day. I woke up in the morning. I command every morning. You have to go away in the name of Jesus. You have to go away in the name of Jesus. But nothing happened. I still suffer for years. But I never blame God even one time. I continue to trust in the mercy of God. No matter what happened, our heart must trust God. As far as his friends, Job's friends were concerned, they conclude that Job was judged by God. They did not even say one word about the devil. As I say, at that time, they did not have the Bible to read. They did not have a church to go to to learn the Bible, to be disciple. So they did not even know how to use the authority in the name of Jesus. They did not even know that the devil is attacking Job. They all blame God. Can you see the dilemma here? The wife attacked Job. His three friends attacked Job, that Job was bad. And Job attacked God. Job blamed God that God was not just to him, was not fair to him. And we're going to continue to see what happened after that. They all used man's way. Man's way of the three guys is to condemn his friend. Man's way of Job is to condemn God. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. There is a way that seems right to a man. But in the end, it leads to death. We have to be careful. Don't respond to the situation by using man's way. Because man's way can be wrong. We should use God's way. God's way is to trust God. Have faith in his character. Job 32 verse 1. So these three men ceased answering Job because he was righteous in his own eyes. Did God say that Job was a good man? Yes. When we read from Job chapter 1. Was Job a good man? Yes. He was a good man. But let me explain this. 
Your goodness, your righteousness, apart from Jesus' righteousness, is nothing. Many of you may say that Pastor Lau is a good man, but my doing good and my righteousness is nothing compared to the righteousness of God. I depend on the righteousness of God. Can a good man make mistake? Yes. Job chapter 32, verse 2. Then the wrath of Elihu, the son of Barashal, the Bushite and the, of the family of Ram, was aroused against Job. This man was not one of the three friends. He is another man. His wrath was aroused because he, was just, he justified himself rather than God. So God used Elihu to speak to Job again. But Job, at this point, has big problem in his spirit. He became self-righteous. He was, became prideful. And he thought that he is a good man and he did not need any judgment from God. He was resisting God. He was not repenting. He was very hard-headed and stubborn toward God at this moment. He was mad and he blamed God. His three friends kept quiet now, but now Elihu say, I need to talk to him. Brothers and sisters, sometimes we don't know the answer of every situation. If people come and ask me, why did this happen to me? And if I don't know, I will say, I don't know. You don't know every answer of life. Job did not know, but why this happened to him. The three friends did not know why did this happen to him. They did not have the solution. They did not have any answer. And after many chapters of conversation between Job and these guys, Elihu and the three friends, eventually God said, okay, this is it. Let me talk to him directly. Job chapter 38 verse 1. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwinds and said, in Job chapter 13 and chapter 23, Job mentioned a few times that I'd like to make an appointment to see God. I want to meet him. Come, talk to me. You present your case, God, how bad I am. And I'm going to present my case and tell you I'm not wrong. And you are wrong to judge me and to attack me. That's what Job tried to say in chapter 13 and chapter 23. Eventually, after many conversations among men, God showed up. In verse 2, 38 verse 2. Who is this who darkened counsel by words without knowledge? So God was speaking about the three friends. Who are they? They think they are smart. But all they say was wrong. They say wrong thing. They did not know what they're talking about. They think they know, but they don't know. That's what God say here. And in verse 3, Now prepare yourself like a man. I will question you and you will answer me. You need to understand this. Just because you are a good man, it doesn't mean that you will never make mistake. Listen carefully. You may be a good man, but it doesn't mean that you never have to repent. Every man on earth, including Pastor Lau, need to repent on a regular basis. Even though 
I may be a good man in the eyes of other people. Amen. So God say, now I want to talk to you. Stand up as a man and answer my question. Can we talk now? Okay. Now we're going to talk. We're going to confront each other. Verses four to eight. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the light upon it? To what were its foundations fastened? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy, or who shut in the sea with doors? When it burst forth and it shoot from the womb. Now God asks simple question, basic question: Where are you when I was creating the universe? Do you know the answer? How it happened? How I make it? How the sun and the moon this far from one another? How I create brains and lungs and stomach? Were you there? Do you understand how I make it? How I create all these things? Do you understand how I even feed lions and raven? In verses 39 to 41, can you hunt the prey for the lion or satisfy the appetite of the young lions when they crouch in their dens or lurk in their lairs to lie in wait? Who provides food for the raven? When is young ones cry to God and wonder about for lack of food? So God asks all these simple questions, the basic question. And Job just standing there and, ah, ah, ah. I don't know. I don't have the answer for you. In chapter 40, verses 1 and 2, Moreover, the Lord answered Job and said, Shall the one who contends with the Almighty correct him? He who rebukes God, let him Answer it. Okay, Job, you reprove me. You correct me that I'm bad. Answer me all these simple questions. Throughout all these chapters in the Bible, from chapter 38 on, when God speak, started to speak to Job, God never told him even one time why he got into trouble. And to today, we don't even know why. So the most important question is not why. The most important question, what should Job do? In this unanswered question, why? When you face trouble in your life, you don't need to ask why. You just ask yourself, what should I do? In this situation, am I really trusting God? Am I blaming God? If you cannot answer simple question, God tried to say, if you don't know simple mathematics, simple question, how can you know about calculus and archaeology? If you don't even know which side of the brain control your speech, how can you operate on the brain? You cannot be a neurosurgeon. You condemn me. You don't even know how I created the heavens and the earth. You are nothing. And you try to argue with me and correct me. That's what 
God tried to talk to Job. When it seemed like there is no way out from calamity and terrible situation, I want to tell you the good news. There is a way out. And we're going to read in a few minutes a way out. Let's continue to look at Job 40, verses 3 to 8. I'm almost done. Then Job answered. Are you okay? Are you following the story? Then Job answered the Lord and said, Behold, I am wild. What shall I answer you? I lay my hand over my mouth. Once I have spoken, but I will not answer. He doesn't know the answer. Yes, twice I will proceed no further. So he stopped arguing with God now. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Now prepare yourself like a man. I will question you and you shall answer me. Would you indeed annul my judgment? Or you judge me? Would you condemn me that you may be justified? A lot of people in the world are very ignorant and foolish. When bad things happen, they condemn God. And they try to justify themselves that, oh, I'm not wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. It's God's problem. It's my pastor's problem. My pastor did this to me. I have nothing wrong. I'm fine. I'm going to judge them. I'm going to judge God. I will not judge myself. That's what happened to Job at this time. And God said, ah, okay, you're going to judge me? Answer all of my questions. Let us make up our mind from today on. When people come to you and say, you know, God is really bad. He put sickness in your kids. You will stand up and say, I'm sorry. I'm on God's side. God never make your children sick. And if somebody need to repent, it's not God. If somebody need to change, it's not God. Man has to change. Amen? God never make even one mistake. He is perfect. He's righteous. He's good. He's just. He is fair. He is the gracious God. I'm going to stand on God's side all the day of my life. When everything go bad, I will say, God, you are still good. And you are the good God. I am the one who need to change, not you. I'm the one who need to repent, not you. And God went on two more chapters, talking back and forth with Job. Job and his three friends put themselves in a dark corner here. They could not answer the question, why? They did not have any solution for his sickness and his loss. They see the problems, but they could not find the solution. And they blame each other and blame God. My dear brother and sister, everyone say this way, I'm not a judge. I'm an encourager. I'm a comforter. I'm not an accuser. We're not going to accuse anybody, and we're not going to accuse God. We're going to change first. This is the interesting story. Job 42, verses 1 to 6. Then Job answered, now we come to find the way out of this calamity. 
Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do everything and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. You ask, who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore I have uttered that I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Listen, please, and let me speak. You said, I will question you and you shall answer me. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear. And now my eyes see you. Therefore, this is the most important sentence. Therefore, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. What is the way out from problems? Repentance. Eventually, after he argued with God for a few chapters, he woke up and found out that he has no right to judge God, to blame God. He would not understand what God is doing anyway. No matter what, what he needs to do is that he needs to repent. And he repented. Let me ask this question. Should a good man and a good woman repent? How many people think you are good? Raise your hand up. No one raise your hand. You're not good people? I think my members are good people. No one dare to raise their hand now. Everyone's like, oh, I'm not sure I'm good enough. <laughs> no, no, you're good people. That's why you come to church on Sunday and seek God. But we still need to repent. Amen? Be careful. Yesterday, God spoke to me while I was eating dinner. God spoke to me, son, I'm serious. He already spoke to me. He says, son, as long as you live on earth, as long as you serve me and build my church, I want to warn you, don't be puffed up. Don't get glory to yourself. Don't boast that you are doing great. Always give glory to me. Always be thankful of the grace that I give to you. Keep yourself humble all the days of your life and you will do well. Do you know why God warned me that? Because that's what happened to Job. Job thought he's rich, he's successful, he's doing well, but he began to forget and puff up and he thought, I'm such a good man. I don't need to repent. I'm doing well. God, you're so lucky to have me. I never do anything wrong in my life. Have you ever seen pastor have this attitude? Yes. I've seen people who are successful and eventually fall because of pride and self-righteousness and self-promotion. The safest part is to repent and always give glory to the Lord. His friend could not help him. He could not help himself. But eventually, Job come to the way out of calamity that is repentance. I'm going to read to you last two parts. Job 42, 7 and 8. So it was, after the Lord has spoken those words to Job, that the Lord said to Eliphaz the Tammanite, 
My wrath is aroused against you and your two friends, for you have not spoken of me what is right. So when you read the book of Job, don't take every sentence that this guy say as a doctrine, okay? They say a lot of wrong things in there. As my servant Job has. Now therefore take for yourself seven bulls and seven rams, go to my servant Job, and offer up yourself a burnt offering. And my servant Job shall pray for you, for I will accept him, lest I deal with you according to your folly, because you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. So, in other words, God asked these three guys, repent and ask for forgiveness and sacrifice the animal. And go to the friend that you offended, Job. And ask Job to pray for you. Is it wonderful if somebody offend you? And eventually that person repent and come to you and ask you to pray for him. I think it's wonderful to lay hand and say, May the Lord bless you, I forgive you, and let's move on. That's what happened. In Job chapter 42, verses 9 to 17, last scripture for today, I think, yes. What happened to to them and to Job. So Eliphaz the Tamanite and Bildad the Shuhite and so far the Namathite went and did as the Lord commanded them for the Lord had accepted Job and the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Not only Job repented of accusing God, he repented and forgave his friend. Wow, what a beautiful story here. He prayed for his friend. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. He was a millionaire. Now he become billionaire. Then all his brother and all his sister and all those who had been his acquaintances before came to him and ate food with him in his house. They consoled him and comforted him for all the adversity which happened about a year. This, the whole episode happened about one year. That the Lord has brought upon him. Each one gave him a piece of silver and each a ring of gold. Now the Lord bless the latter days of Job more than his beginning. For he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen and 1,000 female donkeys. He also had seven sons and three daughters. And he called the name of the first Jemima, the name of the second Kezia, and the name of the third Karen Hapuk. In all the land were found no women so beautiful as the daughters of Job. And their father gave them an inheritance among their brothers. And after this, Job lived 140 years and saw his children and grandchildren for four generations. Oh, I like that. I like to see my great-grandchildren, grandchildren get married. So Job died old and full of days. Job was in a bad, terrible, worse situation that mankind can imagine. But by one thing he did, repentance. He got out of that terrible situation. 
God restored him completely, turned him around, and he became richer than before. He has ten children, and he lived another hundred forty years at a full age. His sickness broke off. His poverty broke off. The loss of the family got restored. This is a story of restoration. It's a wonderful story. So, in conclusion, what we learn: number one, a good man still need to repent. Two, we should not ask God why. We should ask ourselves what I should do when I face the situation that I don't know the reason why. Three, keep your trust in God. That God is good all the time. God is just all the time. God is fair all the time. No matter what happened to you and me, don't blame God. Four, the enemy of your life is not God. The enemy of your life is the devil. You can use your authority to command him to leave your house, leave your life in this generation. Now we are in a generation have having authority in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Five, repent every day. Even little, little thing. Six, don't puff up and say that I'm so good that I never make mistake. We all have shortcomings and blind spot in our own life. That's why we need the church. That's why we need the preaching. That's why we need disciple. That's why we need the laying on of hand. Because the fire of God will come in. You know, I got cor- corrected by the Holy Spirit so many times when I get touched by the Holy Spirit. He showed me what wrong I did in my ministry. And then I repent right away. I said, okay, I don't see this because I follow somebody else's example. But he said, wrong, don't do that. This is the right way. So God showed me by the Holy Spirit. God showed me from the Word. And I need to repent and repent and repent every single day. Amen? Amen. It's a good story about Job. Amen. How many people promise God you're going to repent easily from now on? How many promise God that you will not blame God? How many people say, I will be on God's side forever? I trust him. Father, we thank you so much for teaching the lesson about Job to this church and to the people in the internet right now. We thank you so much, Lord, to show us the way to victory, the way to restoration, to the blessing, to the double blessing like Job. Lord, help us to be humble. Oh Lord, if we start to be stubborn, rebellious, self-righteous, and prideful, warn us, Lord. Speak to us by your Holy Spirit. Correct us right away. We don't want to walk in self-righteousness because we know that the best righteousness is from you, not from ourselves. We do make mistakes. We still have some blind spot in our life. We don't know everything. Just like the Apostle Paul say, I know in part, and we know in part as well. 
Thank you, Father, for reminding us of your goodness, your justice, your fairness, and your forgiveness, Lord. Lord, we believe every time we repent, we will get out of trouble, and you can supernaturally move your mighty hands to get us out from calamity. Turn us around into the way of the blessing, Lord. You are the God of the supernatural breakthroughs. We need to do our part, Father. That is to repent, to be humble, and to depend on Your grace. Thank you, Father. In the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This morning. I want to invite those who don't know Jesus, who are not sure that you are a child of the Living God, and you have the ticket to go to heaven, to invite Jesus to come into your life. Jesus come and die for us on the cross so that our sins can be forgiven. So I would like to encourage you to do that. If you want to go to heaven, why don't you pray with me? If you want to be a child of God. And to have relationship with God, you pray with me out loud. Amen. Hallelujah. Father in heaven, I admit, Lord, that I am a sinner. I need your forgiveness, Lord. I'm not perfect. I may be a good person, but I have done wrong. From now on. I repent of my sins. I ask you, Lord, to forgive me of my sins. I believe Jesus, the Son of the Living God, died on the cross to pay for my sins. Lord Jesus, come into my life right now. Be my God and my Savior. I surrender to you. Thank you, Lord. I'm born again today. My name is recorded in the book of life of the Lamb. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's stand up and sing a song together. Yeah, maybe you can pick up the song. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Bless be your name, Lord.
so much. Bless everyone in this room, Father. Everything that they do, Lord, according to your leading. Bless the work of their hand, just like you bless Job. Bless their family. They live a long life. You say in the Bible, Lord, after Noah, 120 years. Therefore, Lord, they shall live a long life to 120 years. 
with good strength, good knee, good hips, no hip replacement, no back problem, no dementia, good strength, have enough, more than enough financially to do good work, Father. Yes, Lord, as you bless Job, you can bless us as well, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I and Pastor Dad will pray for you if you'd like to be prayed for. If you need to go, I understand. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, this will not be my hand. Father, Father, this is not my hand. You are in this place by your spirit. You just use me as your representative. When I lay hand on them, it's not my hand, but it's your hand. Touch them. Pour your grace upon them. Give them strength, life, grace, healing, power, anointing, wisdom, good things from heaven. You are the good God and you can give good things to your people generously. Therefore, as they come out by faith to seek your help, to be touched by you, 
May your Holy Spirit, the hand of the living God, touch them. Pour your goodness upon their life, Father. They will never be the same. You're the good God. Help them. More grace, more goodness, more strength. <laughs> Filled by the hand of God. By the hand of God, bless them, Father. Victory in this family. I don't care what man says. I believe my God is a breakthrough God. I speak victory over your life. I speak. I speak breakthrough, restoration of his family, restoration of their marriage. Yes, Lord, I command the devil to take your hand away from them, from husband and wife. In the name of Jesus, bless her. Give her strength, victory, and restoration. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord. From glory to glory to glory. Say the Lord, I will change you. I will work in your heart, your life, to change you from glory, <laughs> fire, fire. Thank you, Jesus. Fire, fire. to you, I will help you. I will give you wisdom in the, every situation. You just look up to me, and I will tell you what to do. You will know what to say to your patient. You will know what to say to your kids, to your husband. I will give you wisdom. I will help you. Wisdom come from me, say the Lord. I will help you. Just look to me, and I will show you. <laughs> yes, Lord, wisdom. 
the spirit of wisdom work in your life thank you lord jesus i see the word breakthrough breakthrough by my grace by my hand by my mercy i give you the breakthrough not because of your own strength it's not because of your own might or your own power but by my spirit the breakthrough will come into your life haha <laughs> i shall open the door i shall do things supernaturally to help you just trust me just be thankful just rejoice in my grace towards you <laughs> bless you in the name of jesus <laughs> bless you <laughs> yes lord i see the word strength i see the word strength i will make you strong in the lord almighty the strength of the lord come upon you <laughs> strength not your strength my strength sokoriyala sekhatra karkushkitariyala papukushkitariyala pa go ahead and speak in tongue go ahead and speak in tongue speak out loud Yes, Gutriyala Pakushkatriyala. Go and speak in tongue. <laughs> Fire! <laughs> Strength of God. <laughs> yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. The Lord said to you, I will use you to bless many lives. I will use you say the Lord be ready be available be my mouthpiece be my eyes I will use you to bless to touch many people I love you you are my servant you can do you can touch people that pass allow cannot touch you can do things that other people cannot do I will use you say the Lord Just rejoice and be glad because you are my hands you are my eyes you are my mouth yes <laughs> I see that you minister to people I see that you encourage people I see that you make people smile you help people you're not like a tree friends of job but you are the encourager you will give word of wisdom to people say the lord <laughs> Fire! 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 Yes, Lord. Fire! The presence of God in your house. Fire! 
Fire! Fire! Thank you, Jesus. Fire! Fire! Yes, Lord. The Lord said to you, "I'll take care of you. I take care of you. Don't worry. You shall have more than enough to do every good work. I will bless you. Bless the work of your hand. <laughs> bless you. Fire." Bless you. Breakthrough. Breakthrough in your life. You shall be a happy person, happy daughter of God. Be blessed. Be blessed. I shall do great things. By my grace, I shall help you. Beyond your understanding, say the Lord. Fire. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com.